Okay. Joel, you go first. I thought you were the one who was Hello. Here. No, no, no time. <laughs> we are starting the podcast. Hello. Oh, right. and podcast. Welcome. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Streaming Heap, Dear Denizens of the Heap. My name is Lynn. I'll be your host as always. And here with me, putting up with my bullshit as always, <laughs> is my co-host, Eric McGill. Say hi, Eric. Uh, it's too early for this bullshit. But yes, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do with knock-knock jokes as well. Like, I'm like, I always go like, hey, do you want to hear a knock-knock joke? And they're like, yeah, sure. You go first. <laughs> Half the time, they're confused enough to be like, oh, okay, knock-knock. I'd be like, who's there? I'm like, wait. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, for those of you who are new to our podcast, weird that you're starting an episode for Foundation, but we're a deep dive podcast on sci-fi and tele- sci-fi and fantasy television shows. And, we're and I have a good idea of what this is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're currently talking through uh foundation season two and we'll be tackling episode four today um as always we'll be talking about other things we've been watching and you know just shooting the shits we've been changing gear and we've been doing that to uh, at the end of the podcast lately uh this time we'll be talking about the new loki trailer and the soka trailer uh, uh after look it's a little bit indulgent but we're excited about those two things, so let us talk about it, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, uh, Eric, how have you been? I've been good. Uh, no yeah. time, Eric. We have to do a podcast. <laughs> you son <laughs> you of a bitch. Fell for it again. <laughs> uh, this is why people drink coffee in the morning, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> um, we're actually recording at a slightly different time, uh, dear listeners. Um, and in case people who uh, jump on board with Foundation doesn't know, I'm in Australia. Eric is in America. We <laughs> operate on very, two very different time zones. It is nearly midnight for me, and Eric just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up, watched Foundation, and now I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Whereas I came back from work Friday night, um, watched Foundation, had a glass or two of scotch, and now I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, all right. So vibe check. I liked it. Yeah, I'm still. I'm yeah, still the vibes humming are still along. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vibe was still good. Um, I hate to say it, I did barely notice the absence of Gil and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't think I noticed it at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gail we still had to listen to her. Episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but until we get into that, uh, before we got into that, uh, let's invite that Rapscallion storyteller Lynn to break down the episode for us. Stupid scab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In this episode of Foundation, a romance speed run is attempted between Hobo Mello and Brother Constant as they, Polly, and Director Selmak enter the TARDIS. Uh, sorry, I mean the vault. <laughs> to meet a Harry Seldon playing God. The wonderful wizard of Terminus gave Polly a purpose. Constant, a new chance at love. 
Koba, a chance of committing some war crimes, perhaps. And Samak, a very shut the fuck up and stop salivating so much at the idea of committing war crimes. (laughs) 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 On Trantor, Queen Sarath and Rue seduce the Cleon Triumvirate at two ends, with Sarath starting on poor impressionable Dawn and Rue re-fucking sleazy old man Dusk. I assume they will meet in the middle, Lady of the, Lady and the Tramp style, by double teaming Day in the end. Sarah <laughs> uh, wants to find out if Day ordered her family killed, and what the bonus mystery of how Day survived the best assassins solved. I have an answer for you, Sarah. Those assassins sucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> they want good. Bell Rios, on the other hand, take a trip into a quarry. I mean, Swana, and learn about Foundation's new tax while heavily foreshadowing of future war crimes happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say to you, a mission where you have to shoot your informant in the head at the end is not that successful a mission. <laughs> he said please. <laughs> <laughs> the episode ends with Hober absconding with Polly's ship. And we are left with the mystery of if he's really following the Harry the TARDIS mission. <laughs> Spoilers, he probably is. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Harry did tell him to steal the ship. I think that was his idea. Uh, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> but let's start at the very beginning, which is the narration. It's back, and it still sucks. I just wanted to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we actually didn't talk about the narration being back in uh, episode one, and it hasn't been back since episode one. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think this one is slightly better than episode one because this one is just back to being inane. The one <laughs> in episode one didn't make any sense. Like, like she started with a rising tide metaphor. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she started with a rising tide metaphor, where the metaphor of the rising tide is like. Um, uh, of trouble and you know threats closing in right and then halfway through the narration it changed to uh the foundation expanding the rising tide is also the foundation i'm like it can't that's not the You're metaphor, mixing your metaphor really the <laughs> <laughs> um it's it, that wasn't the worst example of this like voiceover at the beginning of the episode oh like, no of course not. in season one there was that one, one episode on maiden where she she's literally saying nothing it's just she's just throwing words yeah. together yeah. <laughs> and it, i can never i cannot get over the energy and intonation in which she delivered these um uh, uh <laughs> narration <laughs> is the same energy as the narration from Cloudy at the Chance of Meatball. <laughs> and it always just makes me think of the line, today I learned you cannot run away from your shoes. It's almost like, sometimes it feels like a parody of a voiceover narration. <laughs> yeah. Just like Cloudy at the Chance of Meatballs, which is what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't uh, know. I don't know. But like, yeah, this one wasn't terrible because it was short, it was brief, it was to the point. It had nothing to do with the episode except vaguely re- reflecting the romance angst subtype subplots, but that's about it. Um, it's it's mostly foreshadowing. Constant and Hope Merlo is going to meet up again. They're going to fuck. They're going to breed somebody important. Maybe the mute. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I 
I don't know. We'll talk briefly about the mule later. All you book re- readers can be as excited as you want, but that guy doesn't look that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hard disagree, but we can move on. <laughs> all right well why don't we start with the empire well like we mentioned before there's no Selvan and gale storyline this episode instead the empire storyline is kind of split into empire and bel rio storyline uh and i say we, it was a good trade for us uh but let's start with the empire and with the queen and rue just throwing their feminine wiles around okay so the first thing we see is the is the queen Going on a walk with Dawn through yeah. a, a garden, but not the other garden. We'll, we'll talk about that one yeah. in a minute. Um, and basically just flirting with him like endlessly and planting seeds of doubt in his head about whether or not Day killed her family. Nice yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, suggesting that if she's marrying Day, then she's married. Why not marry him instead? Because he's the younger one and yada, yada, yada. Basically just sowing... Like I said, sowing the seeds of of mm. doubt and just uh, disarray inside Day's household, and, make, and making brothers Dawn acorns grow. <laughs> Very much so, nice and blue. Brother, brother Dawn, and being very easily and handily manipulated by a woman. Yeah, is there more? Is there a more iconic pair than those two things? <laughs> That's just what he does. That's his character arc. <laughs> He's just going to keep repeating that until there is no more genetic dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> she, to be fair, she's very good. Uh, like her move at looking kind of uh, scared when she he suggested that they go somewhere else more secluded. That was very good. That was like, that. obviously that's what she wants, but she's like, she looked a little bit alarmed and, he had to assure her that he didn't have any ill intention in his and, mind. And then she pulled but, the like oldest trick in the book. She started crying, you know. <laughs> that was a good cry, though. It was, it was good. a good cry. It was a good cry. And it's the oldest trick in the book because it works. It does work. <laughs> Works on all men. <laughs> and women. And women, yeah, and women just, too. Yes, it's just people it gets are, you emotional. Yeah. You want to help. Are, <laughs> yes. People are not equipped to deal with other people showing emotions in front of them that's why uh do you guys have are you okay day no what is that oh it's like a very corporately entrenched thing in australia um especially for government work they have a day where they like it's called are you okay day where people are like you okay it's just supposed to be like mental health awareness uh day and some places do like a whole week of it my old place Make this gigantic, like, uh, I want to say sculpture because it's not a sign. It's like the the word R U, not even what the letter R, the letter U, <laughs> and O and K is like carved out of something heavy, and they put it in the lobby for a week. I'm like, why not just invest some money into some mental health assistant? <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that sounds inane yeah. and annoying and like yes mental health is important and yes you should probably be asking no, people yeah, if they're okay all the time that shouldn't be like a corporate holiday thing yeah that's stupid. it's not a holiday i know not it's a holiday but like yeah yeah, yeah it, it's dumb because like it, nobody is going to tell you that they're suffering for real during are you okay day just because of course you not. Ask, are you okay <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you okay? Yes, I haven't been thinking about taking a bath with my toaster recently, so it's all an improvement. <laughs> it sounds a lot like just like a gay pride month here in the United States, where like everybody, all the corporations will throw their rainbow flags on for a whole month, and then as soon as that month is over, fuck those flags, you know? <laughs> Peace out, flags. Um... <laughs> 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 Ow, you uh, got me. Ouch. <laughs> and I want to be very clear. We're annoyed that the the corporations are paying lip service to gate rights instead of, oh, of course. to That's... earn a dollar. Like if you're new to this podcast, we are very LGBTQ friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure because like sometimes we make jokes because we know each other, we make jokes taken take for granted where our political alignments and views are. And then I have to remember, oh, we're doing a podcast. Any episode there are other people listening to this. First episode. <laughs> they don't know us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast for like more than 10 episodes, you know where our politics <laughs> lie very quite clearly. Um, Okay, what were we talking about before I, we go to do I I don't remember. <laughs> it's, I think Brother Dawn just being manipulated the fuck out of him. Yeah, and and to um, be fair, it's got to be easy to manipulate him because he has absolutely no experience with yeah. this kind of an interaction, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he never had to woo anybody. They yeah, just he doesn't know what the sexual politics him. are. Yeah. 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 And, you know, even before she asked, he probably suspected. Dawn had his half family killed. By the way, I was completely on the money that is going to be part of the plot that Dawn probably got her family killed. And I even said she probably know it or at least suspect it. Thank you. I will take your kudos now. (laughs) (laughs) I still think it's highly, it's still entirely possible that she had her own family killed. I don't think she had her own. I still think it's possible. It's either going to be Rue or Day. Wild card, it was Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'd love to blame Demersol for everything, I don't think this one is is on her. Like a lot of things can be on Demersol, but I don't think this one is. Unless uh, like, she could be like the 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 power behind everything, and she's responsible for everything. But I don't I don't see how this benefits whatever Demersol is trying to do. Demersol has become my Mephisto. <laughs> I'm seeing that motherfucker everywhere. Every time something's like Demersol. Is Becky working for Demerzel? You don't know. I don't <laughs> Becky know. Becky is Demerzel. Oh, no. <laughs> Her consciousness is decentralized in Becky. <laughs> uh, so, Dusk and Rue. So, we get this new information that Rue's ascent to political... Uh, Rue's political ascent began when she was in what they call the Gossamer Court. I like our name better. The fuck. The garden. fuck garden. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what it is. <laughs> uh, we saw so lots of we, ass in this episode. This is true. <laughs> uh, and not just Homer Mello being an ass. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It, this is. I get it. I get it. Like being chosen by the Empire itself. I mean, the fact that she got rich, that makes sense. It helped with her political career. It makes sense in the end why, uh, but I feel like Dawn and uh, Dawn and Dusk, when they were informed of this 
fact. They should have suspected something. The reveal at the end uh, that make it make sense is because she is, is that she ascended politically because they want information that is that is erased from her mind about dawn and dusk or day at the time, I guess. So they were trying to undo the memory erase. That's why she climbed the political ladder. Right. And to be clear, she didn't she didn't become what she is now because of that just because of that. Like she became the the consort to um whatever her name is, uh, Sarah. Dominion, Queen Sarah, yeah. Right. But this was before Sarah rose to power. Like Sarah then rose to power afterwards because her family was killed and then Rue rose with her. They they say that in this episode that Rue's um political growth was also tied to the queen's political growth. Right. Did you say consort? Are they together? No, I don't think so. I think that was just a slip of the tongue, a Freudian slip. <laughs> they did there was one moment that made me wonder that as well because she's like, I know how to use the courtesan arts. Most of them took most like of them to learned you from you, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, maybe. Can these fucking kings and queens stop fucking their advisors, please? <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Ring would have been a very different movie if if Warm Tongue was also fucking the king. Okay. I'm making a face. I know this is an audio podcast. <laughs> but no, that's what monarchs do. They fuck everyone, right? That's how he got the name Warm Tongue. Yeah, I was thinking that. I didn't say it. <laughs> um, yeah, so very interesting. It's also very funny that... Uh, people are just coming into this garden. And for every single shot we have of the garden, it seems to imply that people are just naked, horny, and like wandering around and like kind of getting busy with each other in the garden, just waiting for one of the people <laughs> to show up. <laughs> or is there like an advanced warning? Is there like, hey, half an hour warning, the Cleons are going to come in for a walk, everybody get horny. <laughs> <laughs> They just like pump some pheromones in the air and you know all the clothes dissolve. I wanna go I wanna know the actual functional mechanics of the gossamer card. Um so um yeah, it's also very funny to me, Dusk. They're just not used to having to work for it as all. Dusk's big seduction move is, of course, to take her into the fuck garden again and be like, ah, I remember when we fucked. You don't. You want to watch it? (laughs) You want to watch it? We record it. Yeah, they're like, you literally can't consent because we wiped all your memory. But (laughs) do you want to watch your revenge porn? And maybe... I don't know. Fuck again. (laughs) I'll tape that too. Then we can watch ourselves watching ourselves. (laughs) Talk about navel gazing. Rue played that perfectly. Rue was like, would I remember it this time? And he's like, oh, most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was pretty funny. Like, I like how Dawn and Dusk got manipulated very different ways and you can see that as uh, how you get into how you get into an old man's head and a young man's head but you can also see that as a another evidence of how these cleons are really diverging <laughs> <laughs> true yeah but uh, i do think 
I do think the age figures in a little bit more than the divergence. Like we have plenty of examples of divergence, but yeah. 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 Maybe you're right. But I think I'm just saying like, we can take it either way. Um, uh, Dawn. I'm a little bit suspicious of him. Yeah, me too. I think there's something else going on with Dawn that we don't know about, but yeah, because we'll he has more to lose from this marriage than Dusk. Yeah. Dusk, Dusk is fighting on a matter of principle, whereas Dawn is staring down at the barrel of never becoming Empire. I would totally believe it if it turns out Dawn is the one behind the assassination attempt. That would make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and they did a, the, the writers did that thing where if that is true, they did that thing yeah. where they immediately, the first person you suspect in the show is the person who turns out to be guilty, but you dismiss him out of hand because he was the first person that was shown any suspicion towards. Yeah. 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 The, well, he passed the memory audit, so maybe he doesn't remember it right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Demersal had a way to fix that, which we never saw. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> also missing this episode, Demersal and Day. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. We didn't see either one of them. Um, Day. Uh, th- that is a valid question. Why doesn't Day make Dawn marry her? Well, the question is because he's selfish, and of course, he think, yeah, um, he 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 want he want to be immortalized with children. You know, it's about it. It's a midlife crisis. That tos- toxic masculinity <laughs> man is having a midlife crisis, <laughs> and we all know when you're having a midlife crisis, the best thing to do is get married and have some children. Uh, <laughs> that is not good advice. <laughs> <laughs> no no do it uh, so yeah Rue's uh, memory's not wiped or, or like rather they aren't wiped it we don't know what that means as to what kind of insider information they have I presume it's mostly the fact that he remembered Dawn's penis he remembered Day's penis <laughs> now Dusk well, at least it's Lee uh, Paces and not the old man's because that's gross um <laughs> It apparently looked like Toad from Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Of course. A, I'm the a real, a, no, not you. Not yes, I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah. I yeah, know yeah. what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> a pawnstar said that about the president of your country. Yep. Most powerful country in the, in the world, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so they also hire a spy like on one hand i want to give the writers props for actually showing this because usually you don't see this in in tv and film like the actual hiring of a spy but the reason you don't usually see it is because it's really hard to pull off authentically and make it look like like it can be done like usually you need some kind of dirt you need some kind of you need another way to do it than just money. Like there's more to yeah. it than that. Um, yeah. So it was a little easy, but like I said, I do appreciate the writer's attempt. They just didn't succeed. When that guy took off the mask, I'm like, Oh, is it going to be somebody we know? And then I'm like, no, we don't know. And it's just some else. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember guy. his name is he Mark because his face is marked. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. A um, couple of notes. Uh, that's just the same tree you were hanging out with Dawn before. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> uh, second of all, that scene ends very weirdly because the attendant they had followed stayed behind with them. 
spy for some reason. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. And I was thinking, is the spy probably thinking, okay, so now what do you want me to do? Are you going to do the memory thing now? Or what? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. And they said, like, he has some sort of perception filter. So he just, maybe he doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We had cut. We had cut. Um, she wanted to find out. She wanted to find out two things. First, if they really try to get her parents murdered, right? Or not try successfully did get right. Whether or not he can find any family. evidence for that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In that wild zeppelin crash. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I know it's a serious plot point. I know. It's an explanation as to why her whole line of succession could have died. But it sounds like an excuse from a Will Ferrell movie. Like, <laughs> can you imagine Will Ferrell saying, my parents died in a Zeppelin crash? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> um, and the second thing she wanted to find out is how they survived the assassination attempt. She's going to find out the about the Rocketeer. He loves blowing up... Um... Zeppelin. It's like his thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's going to find out Deborah's are being a robot, isn't she? Yeah, she's definitely going to find out. I mean, that's what that is. Like, to actually, like, see footage of the attempt, if it still exists, which Demersol says she erased it, but you never know. Yep. So if he finds something, then she's going to see that Demersol's a robot, and that's going to be a big deal, like, going forward, obviously. Yep. Uh, well, Demersol says she erased the memories. Memories. She erased the memories from right. the doctors. They probably well, they wants that video footage because we know the Cleons like to watch themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean they've they made a point early in the season to to point out that Queen doesn't know that Demersol's a robot, that she yep. thinks that she has some kind of genetic dynasty of her own. Um, yeah. Well, she doesn't so, know what the fuck is happening. She just knows that Demersol is the same age throughout right, history. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they made a point to show you that she doesn't know. So, like, the yeah. fact that she could find out here, I think, is pretty obvious. That that's where this is headed. They also showed us a piece of the mural that is clearly referencing the robot wars. It also episode. looked a lot like some of the artwork that's on the cover of a lot of the old uh, Isaac Asimov books, which I think is pretty cool. It, like it's the art style. I don't know the artist's name, but he did most of Isaac Asimov's books, and it looks yeah. a lot like it. So it's pretty. It's cool. art art deco. Art deco. It, it's very art deco style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nineteen fifties pulp sci fi art deco. That's yeah, like yeah. Metropolis. You know. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, Rocketeer, actually. Oh, <laughs> now, <yeah>. that <laughs> now that we mentioned uh, it. <laughs> all right, well, let's wrap it up with what's happening with the Empire here. Is there anything else about Sarith and Rue and Honey no, Dusk? I, and I do think this was all just like laying the groundwork for stuff that's going to happen later. Um, it was very important, and it was very well done. Like, this was very compelling. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like a filler episode or anything. Um I like where this is going, and I want to see more of this. I like the intrigue. They pull it off very well. It's better than who, Secret Invasion. <laughs> who killed Loba? Who killed... Um, who who caused the Zeppelin crash? Uh, if if I were a betting man, I would bet on Demerzel, but yeah, I still too. think... I still am not 100%. Like, it could be a couple of different people. It could still be Queen Zareth, like I talked about. I still think that's possible. Hell, it could be fucking hairy. It could be hairy at this point. <laughs> uh, okay, well then, let's move on to Bell Rios. Okay. I still completely maintain uh, what uh, I said last episode in thinking that Bell Rios and Holbomero is being set against each other as the philosophical manifestations of the Foundation and the Empire. 
But a lot of the evidence in this episode seems to suggest that how they're going to go about representing that is going to be a little bit more different than I thought. I thought they're just going to have Bel Rio is going to be a straight age utilitarianism, self-sacrifice guy. But now I think he might commit some war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, enjoy violence. Like, they make that clear. Yeah. Um, and that's not the way he used to be, apparently, yeah. according to the yeah. way Glaywin reacts to it. But, like, yeah. when he was in prison for so long, he obviously got a taste of it. Um, and then after he kills a bunch of people, he's like, that was fun. Let's do that again. And <laughs> I mean... In his defense, that did look really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty badass. It was a good scene. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a big question. Why does the entire Bel Rio scene seem to be shot like it's an anime? <laughs> have you noticed that? Not really, but I can, yeah, I can see it now that you mention it. I don't know. Like, they didn't have to fucking wingsuit out of the spaceship. <laughs> I don't know. I was and... thinking more Star Trek again. It was reminding me of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Okay, they... but think about. Oh, sorry. Go. On. I was just saying, it's just like the scene in Star Trek where they're they're going down. Oh the... yeah, with the mining and the yeah the, the mining thing. Who... Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, think about that scene where they landed. Okay, first of all, he does a superhero landing in like an anime <laughs> angle, and then that's true. That's... And the big plume of smoke around or dust around him. Yep, yeah, definitely. And they pause way too long in that. And when he. <laughs> reconnect like re like re meet up with clayway the way they shot the hand clasping to pull out pull him out of the pit while simultaneously extending his like um collapsible gun on the other hand and then it uncollapsed into a gun the way they shot that is just an anime pattern, just like an anime scene. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I, I also, like, I don't disagree. You're right. It is shot that way. But I didn't notice it when I was watching it. Um, What I did <laughs> notice, though, is the metaphor. That, like, he... I mean, Glaywin lands perfectly where he's supposed to land, and Bel Rios missed the mark. That's a that's a metaphor. It's very clear. Yeah. That, like, Bel Rios is winging it. He even says he's winging it, because yeah. that's what they say when, they, when they're going down. Um, but like he isn't exact. He isn't, he, he, he's, un, he's unsteady. He's not lost exactly, a step. he's lost a step. There you go. And to talk about secret invasion again, yeah. <laughs> but like, I that's, that's what this episode is trying to show us. The different side of Bel Rios, that Bel Rios isn't as competent as he used to be, um, yeah. because of all the things he's been through. Um, and so there's a, there's a wild, there's a wildness to him, but I yeah. think, the core ideological difference between him and Hober is still there. He still believes yeah. in order. It's just now he's willing to compromise his morals to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I thought they were gonna show us a straight lace, like a uh, straight lace Bel Rios, and now I think it's gonna show us a Bel Rios, a man chewed up and spat out by the, the terrible system that is the Empire. And I like just showing us that you know the, a, a system a regime like the uh, empire corrupt everything even well, yeah. the well-meaning people who want to improve things within his own confines i mean clearly just from what we know in the show and not going by the book at all i'm not talking about the book um belrios is a tragic figure he's this has to end badly for him so what i think we're gonna see throughout the next few episodes if not the rest of the season is that belrios is trying to be brought or glaywin is trying to bring belrios back from that brink 
and bring him back into what he used to be. But Belrios eventually it'll look like he might he might come back, but then in the end yeah. he's gonna make a choice that's gonna, you know, cement his fate. And, oh yeah, this 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 pit is this episode is super foreshadowing because Glaywing straight up said, by the time you've realized that you've committed an atrocity. It's too late, right? (laughs) Which is (laughs) what's going to happen, obviously. By the time you realize you might be already be complicit in the atrocity too far, too late to stop it, which is exactly what's going to happen. But I think another piece of foreshadowing is he, he was the first person to throw the gun away. He was the first person to attempt uh, peaceful negotiation. Glewin even shot him a skeptical look, but now I think that might be for the benefit of the the gangs. Like they they might be playing good cop, bad cop, right? Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, but the, the Belrios only immediately resorted to violence when they re- disrespected Glewin. She spat right. on she spat on Glewin, and that's when he took the first swing. Oh, you know what? I I, I amend my previous statement. I don't think what's gonna. Ha- I'm, I agree that. I still think that Glewin is going to be trying to pull Belrios back yep. on the brink, but now I will think Glewin's going to die. Glewin will die. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm okay. getting at. That's you the other sure. Yeah, yeah. Glewin's going to die, and then Belrios will go full on. Um, this is not even my final war cry form. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I talk about uh, Belrios, it's all going to be anime references from now. <laughs> They've but- opened the anime door. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they handle it. If that is what happens, I hope they handle it well and don't make it seem like they're just fridging him, you know? Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't just, don't just fridge the gay couple. Please. <laughs> uh, also, I feel like they should have brought more than two people. Also that like Sawana is not a real place, but I still think those, <laughs> I still think those portrayal of Sawana's people felt racist against the Sawana, <laughs> not real place. I'm like, are these fucking comicals? <laughs> like, they sounds like Ninja Turtle villains. <laughs> they sound like they came from the Thunderdome. <laughs> I was thinking the other Thunderdome. I was thinking Mad Max, but like, like not very well I done yeah. Mad Max, a like clean Mad Max. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty dirty. Uh, their faces are dirty. Their clothes are clean. <laughs> I just meant without the like leather and chains. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that kind of clean. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bel Rio's uh, too busy um, <laughs> getting honed up on violence that he completely let that uh, um, guy escape. He has his informant death on his head. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> That's his true. Yes, it is his fault. <laughs> uh, that fight scene was good. Clearly, they got a better um, fight choreographer. Uh, every single fight scene so far have been good this season yeah um i don't think the fight choreographer was bad in the first season i just think that the the cinematography was bad in the first season like i think the fight choreography was also bad like it's it's fair enough. both i think cinematography is definitely worse and definitely their pyrotechnics they was bad <laughs> but this fight scene was much better done it was much yep. more it was much more well well filmed just like the fight yep. scene in the very beginning of the season yeah like yeah you're right they've definitely hired better people to be fair, to uh, for, to your point, though, there was a lot less instances of actual hand on hand to hand fighting in the first season. Yeah, it was mostly just the the Grand Huntress. 
Yeah. She was pretty much the only one who did any hand-to-hand fighting. Yeah. And I assume she was just too too angry to fight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, she still beat um, Salver every single time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Salver is a warden, you know? Yeah, she's, she's like not a, a fighter. sheriff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also I do also appreciate... Also very enemy, by the way. I also like that in these fight scenes, the good guys don't get away completely clean. Like the good guys that we're supposed to be rooting for. Like Belrios gets slashed in the face, which is cool. So that's all. Belrios getting slashed in the face from that angle, laughing and then taking a swing. Come on, you gotta give it to me. That's very anime. (laughs) You keep saying these things are like anime as if that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Especially fight scenes. Like, anime is known for their very kinetic fight scenes. So At I'm least this one it. didn't have uh, didn't have somebody punching somebody else through the chest. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe they hired somebody, like, uh, fight choreographer who used to work on anime. Maybe that's why <laughs> this is happening. Uh, <laughs> um... You wrote that good thing they didn't land on that town set. Yes. <laughs> this part of Swana looked much better than the other part of Swana, which was a silly set. It still looks like <laughs> they just like went out back and filmed it in the California desert or something. But at least it looks like a real desert and not styrofoam. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Bel Rio's not respecting Glewin enough this episode. I know they're fighting, but still respect your partner and your subordinate. I agree, but I do like that the writing has this, that they're not just instantly back to their their relationship being healthy and yeah. happy and everything. Like, yeah. that they still have a lot to work on. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I, I also appreciate that Glewin, despite being told to shut up, he was like, no, no I'm going to say my piece. Yeah. <laughs> Stop lurching towards war crimes, old man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about this informant. That character was interesting. Uh I think suicide was a little bit strong for that situation. <laughs> when he when he said you have to shoot me, I thought he was going to be like shoot me in the leg. Yeah, that's what so I thought too. Like, yeah, <laughs> so it looked like you know, like I'm not a spy. You guys just like robbed me and fucked off. <laughs> I, that's why I thought it was heading. <laughs> I think he just wanted to die. I think he was ready. I think I think he just didn't want to keep going, and he felt like he didn't want to go through all the effort of proving that he wasn't a spy and whether or not he'd been burned you know like i just think he he was he was old and didn't care anymore he was obviously living in the past that's why he had all those books like i agree with you i think this was weak but i think this is what they were going for i feel like at least one of the persons even if even if you say that even if the reason he was ready to die and that's the reason he didn't even say like take me with you uh, i feel like one of the other two should have been like what just come with us and he should have been like, no, this is my home. I like, There's no place for me back on Trento or any other part of the Empire. Well, two things. <laughs> yes, I agree. That would be cool, especially if it came from Glaywin and then Bellario yeah. still shoots him anyway. Um, yeah. That would further their conflict. But yeah. also, how would he go with them? They, they're in suits and they have the two rings and they just fly up. They space don't again. know that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a later problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have the extraction kit. They know what it is. They know how they're getting back to the ship. So how would they... I don't know. They w- they would stand on each other's shoulder like <laughs> three raccoons in a trench coat. Come on. <laughs> Creative solution. But no, there are definitely other ways out. Like, this was not his yeah. only way out. I agree. Yeah. Suicide was, was a bit dramatic. 
was he's like Bandit from the beginning of Futurama. Well, <laughs> I I don't have anything planned for the rest of the day. Want to kill us? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so uh, the book things are pretty cool. Um, that that scene was touching. Uh, the the big takeaway from uh, this storyline is now Bell Rios know about the Foundation's techs, including the Aura and the Jump Ship, the Whisper Ship? The Whisper, whisper Ships, that's what they call it, yeah. Um, yeah, um, and he knows that they're basically just flagrantly violating the Empire because apparently you're not allowed to develop that kind of technology for obvious reasons um, without the Foundation's consent. So, yeah. And I think he... He still doesn't believe entirely in the Whisper Ships, which is good because everything he sees on that tape is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. So he's yeah. right not to believe the last thing he sees, which just happens to be real. Um, well, he, he saw the aura work properly. So he I did see that the know. aura worked. And yeah. he I think he strongly suspects the jump drive thing is real, but yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow. Because, I mean, even we had a hard time with it. Like, really? Really? They developed jump technology? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we have a we have a hard time of it because of the TV show perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but even like uh, Gle- Glewin, I think, said something like, "That's impossible. They can't have that." You know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, the ships are alive, apparently, with the sound of music. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, uh, makes me think of Ian M. Banks' works about ships. You know. Um, the AI ships that name themselves, that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's culture, right? The culture yeah, yeah, novels. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Empire's Edict being uh, no jump drives. And what? What was the other one? Uh, there was more. I think maybe it was yeah. just the aura. I don't know. The aura um, and the jump drive, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> and he also, oh, oh, um, algor- algorithmic AI. Oh, that right. was another Algorithmic thing they said they banned AI, yeah, thousands yeah. of years ago. Probably as part I'm of like, the robot wars. Yeah. I'm like, algorithmic AI as opposed to what AI? Like, carefully, bespokely coded AI? <laughs> Come on, man. Any learning AI has to be algorithmic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, a lot of AI talk lately, a lot of robot references lately. This is definitely good heading somewhere about uh, like the robots are going to become important. Yes. I think our theory is sound and the, the show yeah. is definitely heavily foreshadowing it. Yeah. The robots. Robot. Uh, okay. Anything. Uh, oh, that, uh, that re assertion, uh, like uh, them launching back into space technology. Great. But they zoomed out for a reason. How did those two unarmored motherfuckers break the sound barrier? I I understand that those things are like railguns accelerating them. I'm not contesting how they get accelerated. I'm contesting how they are they not pulp. (laughs) How are their spines still like shrank like an accordion? (laughs) Space magic. Fair, fair. Um, But that thing is fun though. I also want to like. I also want to see them. Like, how how do they get caught on the other end? Like, they're just shooting up into space. Like, is there a big baseball mitt on the other end catching them? Or I want to see it, but they blah blah over that tack. Yeah, we're not gonna see that. We're not gonna see the giant baseball glove in space. 
<laughs> oh, um, before we move on to the foundations, but one thing I want to raise. Hey, informant, you knock motherfucker. You are so obviously an informant. <laughs> look at your house. Look at the way you dress. Look at the rest of the town people. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot look more like a knock if you tried. <laughs> the rest of them look like Reavers. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a fr- retired French gentleman attending to his wineries. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the foundation and Polly and the vault. So, Hoba Mello and Brother Constance Roman. What do it's, you feel like? I do feel like it's very one sided um, <laughs> yeah. from Brother Constant. But I mean, Hoba Mello. Without even meaning to, he's flirting constantly. That's just like his character. That's his yeah. that's his attitude. Um, yeah. So he's like talking about this old wine that he has to wait for a special occasion to drink. And you don't drink, but I guess you're going to break it for me. You know, he's saying yeah. stuff like that. He's, yeah. you look like you're about to say something. It really come together at the end. It like, does. It makes until, sense until the, the end, end speech. I didn't. I was like, I mean, they definitely speed run through it. Oh yeah, like, definitely, no doubt. <laughs> and I still don't think Hober Mallow really feels anything. I think he was just being nice to her. Um, but when she uh, like bears her soul to him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think when she bears her soul to him, I think I think he's I think he's never been shown that kind of genuine affection before. I think it got to him. Um, I don't know. I have. I, I think have for, that... th- because it's a TV show, I think you're right. But like just reading the scene as a scene, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily buy it. Oh, really? I kind yeah. of bought it. Maybe maybe I'm just a bit more of a romantic. I don't know. By that, I mean as an insult to myself. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is meant as a I am a dumbass. <laughs> Look, we're, we're both the kind of guys that if a girl says hi to us and like you we immediately think we're in love it's just the kind of guys we are <laughs> oh uh, i'm at a stage of my life where i am very suspicious when that happens i'm like uh, what, what, what's wrong what I, what, uh, what's no that doesn't make sense sorry i don't trust you <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason for you to like me <laughs> oh, what is what is it that uh, groucho mark said <laughs> I do not want to be in any uh, any, any club, club that would have um, me as a member, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. My self esteem is doing fine. Okay, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just because we're just talking about the Romans. Yeah, let's just talk about the uh, the final speech as well. Like, I think the way it was written was good because. I was the re- the main reason I was not liking the the uh, romance run was I was like, oh, the inexperienced, young naive girl falling for roguish, charming guy, so trite. And, Princess Leia and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yes, and um, they turned it around in that final speech because she had a lot of agency in that final monologue to uh hope Mello. she's no like, and like i was i was kind naive. of yeah. i was kind of proud of her for like yeah. actually like saying what's what she's feeling and what's on her mind and yep. you know laying it all out basically saying yep. i was hoping we'd have sex you know like things yeah. like that she, yep. she's being very very frank which is yep. what she should be doing good girl yep. that's what you should do <laughs> and also like she's not putting herself down she's like oh no 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 like she's she's like i just have particular taste 
and like I'm not like I'm not being pure. Like she 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 like she's like I'm inexperienced, and then he implies something about her being like naive and pure, and she's like, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. I'm not a woman of virtue. Not like that. I just haven't had the opportunity, and I have particular taste. You know, like right. not attracted to was, very many people. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was very well done. I I like how they put that. I like how they wrote that. Yeah, uh, me too. And, and it worked for me, and I think for me it looked like um, Hovamello was very taken aback. Like I do think he was surprised. Yeah, he was definitely. He's not so- used to getting chased. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, he he's used to getting chased by cops, but not by women. <laughs> <laughs> so my theory is: uh, let's just talk about where Hovamello is going uh, right now. I think he stole the ship i don't think he's going where um harry told him to go but he will change his mind and arrive in the nick of time to save brother constant from some sort of peril i think he was supposed to go with them to Trentor on a different mission like yes he has a secret mission i think he he lied and i think he's stealing the ship and fucking off and they but he'll change his mind and come and help brother constant and that's what the ending narration is hinting towards like and of course it will turn out that um fucking god in a vault harry there knew it all along and he (laughs) gave him that mission because of that and maybe like he is actually trying to get them together you know to breed the mule or whatever the fuck no i don't i don't think any of that like yeah. You're not you're not crazy. Like I can see the logical steps. Not about this. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's where it's going. I think he actually is going where Harry told him to go. I still think he stole the ship. I still don't think Harry told him to take the ship. Because why would he? Why would he even care about that? Um, but I think he's going where he's supposed to go and he's gonna meet people he's supposed to meet and do things he's supposed to do. Um, I think he might be looking for an angle the whole time and not like his heart might not be entirely in it until something changes his mind until brother constance in peril then maybe he'll do something um but yeah i th- i think he's doing what harry wants him to do i think he's doing it skeptically but i still think he's doing it okay well i currently don't think he is i think he has fucked off but i okay. think he will get railroaded back into what harry wants him to do because harry is a mathematician pulling all the strings from his TARDIS that is made out of his own body. Um. <laughs> like, a part of me is like, yes, the way the show is written, he would tell Hober to do something knowing that Hober will do the exact opposite. That's all part of the plan. Yeah. But I don't like the idea that Harry Harry Seldon can read people that well. Like, because psychohistory is not about people. And they keep saying that in this show. But psychohistory is about big events. And, and the original human Harry Seldon is not good at people. No, he's not at all. He he's completely he blindsided really... by Rach yeah. and Gale. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> when nobody but, else was in the entire universe. <laughs> but this algorithmic AI, Harry, might be slightly better at reading people. Uh, I don't know how he's been fucking living in that vault for a few <laughs> centuries. Uh, he does uh, like having worshippers and he plays God really well. Like he, He's really into it. He like kisses Brother Constant on the head. And, you know, yeah. I think I think he was adjusting his behavior. He was a lot more business like before he Oh yeah, and, he was and like, you can see like the way he interacts with all four of them. Yeah. Each person he acts completely differently with. But it's subtle enough that I don't think they notice. Yeah. Um, which is clever. Yeah. 
They were well acted. They got the right actor for Harry. Absolutely. Like that I will yeah. never question. Jared Harris is a perfect yeah. Harry Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. Uh why does she like okay, first of all, why is why is the vault the TARDIS? <laughs> I don't know. This this a lot of this kind of like a lot of the logistics of this part are kind of stupid to me. Like the idea that there's all this timey wimey wibbly wobbly business going on inside the vault is dumb. It serves no purpose except to serve as a joke. They, that they Homer pooped over there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, um, I did too, and I also really liked the last joke when after he yeah. comes out and and Brother Constance is like, "You've been gone for three years." <laughs> like I thought that was funny. That was cute. Um, it's but, it's gonna come into play later. They're gonna they're gonna use it as some sort of um, some sort of the timey wimey weirdness thing. I think. I mean, they're gonna use it as some sort of um, hyperbolic time chamber later. <laughs> they're gonna put people in there to train oh, them for something. Yeah. Maybe that's how Gale and Salvor will get through the next hundred and fifty years or some bullshit. That doesn't like make that. sense. It has to no, be that's reversed. backwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean like if they have to train a bunch of people militarily before the enemy arrive tomorrow or something, maybe they'll put them all in the vault, train them for a year and then jump that back out. Um I don't know. It but, just yeah, feels like the, extra bullshit that doesn't need to be there to me. It's like, extra bullshit and they immediately break the rules because they they follow this, yeah. 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 Cermak follows, but apparently he spent enough time to delegate his authority to somebody else. But it's still there, like within ten minutes, yeah, at most, yeah, yeah. Um, And actually, at first, the way that was shot, like when Cermak walks in and he he seems kind of like a little stiff, like more stiff than usual. I thought he was. I thought he wasn't actually him, right? Yeah, Yeah, I thought he was Harry in disguise. No, it was really him. Yeah. (laughs) Although Harry was obsessed with his suit for some reason, and I don't know why. Doctor, I I think think he was just buttering him up. No, he sounded sarcastic. Yeah, I think what I think was happening was he was basically making fun of him to his face without Cermak realizing that that's what was happening. I think Cermak genuinely took it as a compliment, but Harry meant it as an insult. Yeah. I think Harry meant it as look at you like... You're in charge. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You think you're in charge. And also, Harry, you're also wearing a suit. He's not even wearing a suit. He's wearing a trench coat. <laughs> like a weird furry trench coat. Yeah. I do like his weird furry trench coat. To be no, sure. it's it not bad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Selden love playing God? I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I think it's totally in character. I mean, you, we've we've been talking about how much of an egotistical bastard he's been the entire time. Um, yeah, but he, I think... I'm completely buying he liked playing God in that he doesn't care about people's life. He will play mathematics with people's life. He will play a zero-sum games with whole civilizations. But I don't like him being like, like quoting scripture. I don't like him being like... Well, like, I think a lot of that is him putting on the air of religiosity because he knows that yeah. the foundation is in its religious phase, which he's confirmed is part of the plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's playing into that so as to not disillusion the one believer among the group, which is Brother Constant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he confirmed he killed that warden on a whim because he was kind of a dick. That was fucked up. Like, that. that's the one part where I'm like, whoa, that's a little much. <laughs> like, really? Harry committing casual murder just for shits and giggles? Because he wants to, people to think he's unpredictable? That's That's a bit much. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. You have to put a little bit of an Old Testament in there. I get that. Also, uh, I wanted to point out that the, in the scene, um, when when Polly confronts him about it, she, he's drinking yeah. from this wine cup, and he makes a face like it's kind of sour, it doesn't taste right, and then he yeah. looks at Harry and says, Jaeger? And Jaeger's the name of the warden, but I'm sitting here yeah. thinking, did he give him Jaeger? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I thought. that's what I thought as well. I think we might just be alcoholics. That's possible. I was like, what? <laughs> Jaeger. I, I, sure. I thought the plot is like, oh, the vault is on the fritz. Like, it's actually not functioning properly. It made Jaeger when he thought he made wine. Uh, and 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 he's a he's an alcoholic too. He would know what yeah. Jaeger is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Future Jaeger. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, if you're gonna, if he's gonna casually murder somebody to show his restful side, he picked the wrong person. He should have done it to Samak. Yeah, I know. He should have done Sermak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's talk about what he gives to each people. Uh, uh, this is like the uh, Aslan giving out gifts. <laughs> I was going to go with the Wizard of Oz, but yeah. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, both Christ metaphors. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, same thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so he give what's his face a purpose? Polly a purpose. For the first time, he's like, oh, uh, an envoy for the, like, spreading the the good work of the foundation. I can be that. Like he, he An envoy for peace. peace. That's what really like yeah. got him was yeah. that he was being an advocate for peace, which is what he wanted to be. Yeah. And he, it also immediately motivated him. He put that white, like he put he the wine down. Wine down. Yeah. He put the wine. That's why he made but, that weird face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the makeup, doing giving him that like jim blossom in this episode <laughs> really good like they nice. yeah. they really nailed the, the the red jim blossom uh uh for brother constant he essentially assured her that like like of her faith right he gave her what she wanted which is like recognition of the prophet like to walk in the annals of history, you know. Uh, but I think what he's steering to us is, I think he's trying to get Hova and Ha together. To which end, I don't know. Uh, I don't read that at all, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not oh, saying, I, I'm not discounting it. It's just, I didn't see it. <laughs> no, I didn't see it in this scene. No, no, no. That's just my my future guess. Gotcha. I, I think in this scene itself, he just... He's just giving her like, oh, like, here you go. Like, he's like giving her an autograph. He's like a celebrity giving her an autograph, you know? Well, I think what he's nurturing in her is that religious thing that is part of the religious phase of the foundation. Like, she's the representative of that. So he's just trying to reinforce yep. that so it doesn't immediately collapse. Yep. To Hoba Mello, he supposedly give him a secret mission, which he, he says... Could be counter to what uh, Polly and Constant is doing, and he used that metaphor about holding a knife behind your back while shaking the hand. Uh, <laughs> that's no, that's not a good policy. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's just trying to recall the whole pierce the hide of the empire thing. Yeah, it's just reusing that metaphor. Correct, but uh, you know what I thought recently. What if it's not? a metaphor because empire stand for the empire and the person what <laughs> if hobo just straight up fucking 
damn day on the side. <laughs> what if it's wordplay? What if Pierce, and it's not Pierce the Hyde, it's Pierce the side of the Emperor. Right. What if he just stabbed him with the side? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have aura technology. Maybe they know how to turn it off now. Not like, we're not shown what Harry tells Hober, which yeah. serves two purposes. One is the big plot purpose, which is it wants to save a surprise for us later on as the audience, which is a little cheap, but I'll I'll take it. It's fine. Um, and the second reason is because, um, wait, is there a second reason? <laughs> no, there's no second reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is very confused and I don't know who. <laughs> Um, but I also do think that Cermak being there was important. Cermak has to hear from Harry that the mission is peace, not war. Um, I don't think Cermak is going to go along with that. I still think he's going to try to push for war because that's his only character trait. Um, I think that's what Harry wants as well. Exactly. I think, I think, I think Cermak is there to be riled up. <laughs> exactly. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my question is this. Is Polly and Constant being sent there, sent out there as bait? Are they being sent out to die? As martyrs for the cause? Maybe. Yeah, are yeah. they being sent out deliberately knowing that the Empire will not like it? I think that's definitely possible, yes. <laughs> um, also, uh, <clears throat> that uh, damn name-guessing game uh, What are you talking Constant? about? You know, oh, uh, yeah, that's stupid, yeah. 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 No, no, no. I, I, I don't think that's stupid because I think eventually they go out. What's going to happen is they are going to re reveal her name, and a bunch of book readers are going to go, ooh. And people who don't read the books are going to be like, ah, oh, well, okay. Well, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I still contend that's kind of dumb. I just feel like it's a little, it's not exactly cliche, but it just feels cheap and lazy, an easy way to get give some kind of like, um, Something for them to talk to each other about, you know, like yeah, it's cheap. But that that is how that is how flirting mostly work. True, Just, flirting is going to be kind of cringy no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, creating an inside joke and just working on it. Maybe her name really is Weenus. <laughs> um, no, I think it'd be funny if it was one of the first names he said. Like it's just like some of, one of the throwaway names he said. I think that'd be funnier. Um. Because Weenus is a we... terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it is just really funny to me because I'm used to being on the receiving end of a, a name reveal, and then he being, <gasps> and then everybody else being like, "Who the fuck is that?" Because you know I'm a Marvel guy, I'm a Star Wars guy, DC guy. Like I'm the guy who my friends are. Whenever they do a and credit scene, my friends are like, okay, who's that? Who's the little dwarf <laughs> that is clearly Seth Rogen? <laughs> what just happened? Please explain. Yeah. <laughs> who's the purple guy? <laughs> Why is Grimace so <laughs> angry? <laughs> um, so, like, if, if this is going to be a book reader knowledge name reveal, I'm going to be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and you're going to have to explain. Um, it's kind so, of like in um in in Star Trek Into Darkness, a movie with lots of problems. But like when they reveal that this one that Benedict Cumberbatch name is Khan, it's like this big yeah. moment. Like I am Khan, and nobody in the story knows who that is. Like that's only yeah. for the audience. That's stupid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was I was in that exact same situation with my friends. And I there's like f- like six of us sitting in a row and I like two of them lean forward and looked at me and be like like with a face like explain. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. Movie's still going. <laughs> later. Talk about it later. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh okay, so the one of the most interesting little thing that Harry dropped in the scene is a passing ghost gave him some information about Hober Mallow. What the fuck? The only people who know that Hober Mallow is important at this point in the timeline are Gale, Salvor, and the other Harry, and whoever the fuck Callie is. Um, so that information somehow traveled from them all the way to the vault. And the editing, the timeline between what's happening at the Foundation and what's happening with Gale, Gale and Salvor is, is it's, it's shaky. Like, we don't exactly know yeah. if it's exact. It's nebulous. Yeah. It's nebulous. That's the word I was looking for. Okay, so um, what I am going to say is I have a, a bit of a wild, holistic theory that will tie everything together. It's Damrezel. It's Dan <laughs> Damrezel. Damrezel is my Mephisto. Um. And you know what else is Damrezel? Kelly. Kelly is Damrezel. <laughs> I am not kidding. Like, Damrezel is becoming my Mephisto because re-watching bits from that previous episode, Kelly have the same mannerisms as Damrezel. Now, yep. they could just be indicating that she's a robot. Or, hear me out, Damrezel's consciousness is decentralized. That is a line he she mutters in this season already. They make oh, sure we yeah. knew that. Good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, she mentioned in the very first episode, like, you know, don't worry about my head because my consciousness is decentralized. Yes, yes. Um, like, she wouldn't even have to leave to thingy. And they hide the fact that um, Kelly is in the same pose that Damrezel is always in by having her hold that weird orb thing. Yeah. Um, but she is, she is standing with her hands out, like, in, like, a loop in front of her, the way Damrezel always does. Um both Demersal and, and Callie are in the opening credits now, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. True, true. And hear me out. Uh, oh, by the way, another thing we learned is uh, the reason they very quickly obtained all those information about the Outer Rim is because that guy's been sending data packages for 40 years that they finally suddenly <laughs> all received, <laughs> uh, which could include information about Holber Mellon. Oh, yeah, that is possible. Yeah. Which, Damrezel, a passing ghost, remember, she had a reason and an excuse to leave Trantor, which she normally doesn't, to go get Belrios. That's true. That did happen. Hmm. What if on the way, or on the way back? What I if mean, when you're dealing with, back? like, jump drive technology and basically hmm. the ability to instantaneously go from one point to another, it's... Totally yep. plausible, yeah. Yep. And that would also have to mean that Harry and Damrezel is in cahoots. That part I don't like. Like, even if she dropped by, maybe because they're not really in cahoots, maybe she's like, hello, I'm here. I have this information. You are a, you are a hologram man that live in the vault. You can do what you want with it. Because... <laughs> um, I don't mind Damrezel being a mastermind behind a lot of things, but I don't want them and Harry to be working together because that seems... If there are multiple 
super powerful, almost omnipotent, omniscient mastermind, working multiple schemes without actually um, paying attention to each other's schemes. That's interesting. If they're all working together and there's only one scheme, then at the end of the show, we're just going to be like, what was even the fucking point of anything? (laughs) This was all planned out from the beginning. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here with my poker face and let you keep talking. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I realize the foundation is supposed to be bad. Like, everything is planned out from the beginning. But I'd much rather they are plans that are at cross purposes. But at the no, same the foundation time, I... wouldn't be seven books if it worked perfectly and there was nobody else working cross purposes. And we, we have already seen in this season that the mule in the future is working against the foundation somehow and is defeating mm. the plan somehow. Mm. But... Maybe the foundation took away his sleeves. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so angry. Could be, could be. Oh, by the way, the reason we're like this is because last episode, uh, or whatever the episode that Mule was, there's uh, two episodes revealed, ago. Yeah, uh, we we stopped the podcast and we kept chatting, and I just came down hard on the Mule, like the way I did it on the podcast. Because cause I was holding I, back because book readers were excited. Yeah, and because book readers know what he looks like in the book and. Trust me, he looks better than that. <laughs> like in this okay, show, he looks better than the way he's described in the book. <laughs> he still, he still looks weird. He looks too so dirty and too old. <laughs> and the way the reason they described him is, I thought he was going to be like, oh, a cool mercenary, which I would have bought. The way they describe him is, he's like, oh, the galaxy is burning because of the. For that to happen, he has to be like an empire emperor or like like a real like a, a good. Like leader, he does not look like that. He just looked like a bounty hunter. <laughs> like, and and the way they showed him, he didn't have an army at his side or at his back or anything. He was just a dude with a lightning gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he also like immediately was reading her mind and shit. Um, so he was he was yeah, demonstrating his magic. I don't give powers. a fuck about the mathematics. <laughs> But if you're able to do that and you're able to read people's minds that clearly, you can lead them. Sure, sure. I, I just think they and should. And we have live in a world where Donald Trump was a world leader, okay? Anybody can be a leader. <laughs> yeah, okay. But you cannot measure fiction with the yardstick of the insanity that is your political <laughs> circus for the last decade, okay? <laughs> fiction has to make sense, reality can be anything. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, um, that's my theory. I don't disagree that that scene didn't do a great job of demonstrating. I do think that that scene didn't demonstrate necessarily what makes the mule so interesting as a character. Um, mostly because it was so brief and it was both mostly just a tease and it was a way to get Hobart Mallow's name into the conversation. Um, But book readers who already go into it knowing what the mule is and what he represents and what he's capable of, yeah. they're excited for a reason. You just have to yeah. accept that. Right. Did the book tell us why he doesn't have any sleeves? No. <laughs> because, like I said, his costume in the book is way worse. Trust me. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, going back to the passing ghost, yeah. My, my theory is Demerizel. Is All of it is Demerizel. <laughs> Well, I still think that Demerzal is the person who's responsible for the uh, space elevator collapse. Hmm. I also think I'm almost 100 percent on that now. Yeah, yeah. 
And it will be revealed in a flashback at some point. Or it's like just a... It will be revealed somehow very soon, I think. I think um, going further down the Damrazel thing, uh, let's talk briefly about something that isn't in this episode. uh, Probably because they don't want to explain to us and they think we've forgotten by the time (laughs) next time he's on screen is um, Harry is alive again. And we we talked about it last episode. I want to add more to it. As I like, I discussed some of this with our listeners um, on on Reddit and stuff, and some of them have very compelling um, proposals that Harry is in fact a clone, not a robot. I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's possible too. Sure. The the episode before that, we got a very detailed explanation of how the clone technology work in this universe by Brother Day, and especially how it is a tabula rasa blank state um, clone body, which memories can be downloaded into and edited out. Like they which would explain why he doesn't know remember, remember what happened. What happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, with Kelly. But I mean, he could just as easily have his memory wiped as a robot. Like, same thing. True. But there is a thing about the life side. The the ship said there was no life science when it landed, and then the ship said he's detecting, it's detecting a life sign. That's how they found um, um, Yeah, but I mean, robots imitating humanity in all forms is basically all of Isaac Asimov. (laughs) Yes, true. But why doesn't it detect Kelly? Maybe Kelly has a form of hiding it, to be fair. If she Kelly is like also a rope Inside the maybe, eye of the statue. So. Yeah, maybe that thing is like a Faraday case. There's a lot of explanations, but hear me out. If Kelly is Damrazel, who has been in a prime position to study and also replicate and steal cloning technology for her own purpose at the heart of the Empire's cloning, you know, no, um, I, I, effort? I, it's a perfectly valid idea. Like, I don't think that that's wrong. I'm just trying to yeah. play devil's advocate here. I think it yeah. is compelling. You're right. Um, and I don't necessarily think that Callie is Demersal, but I do think they're working together. Um, and I do think that Callie is a robot. Um, but that's just going by the show. That has nothing to do with the books. Um, I think Callie's Demersal. I think Yana's Demersal. I think Becky's Demersal. <laughs> the primary dean is Demersal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Callie is Demersal, Prime Radiant is definitely Damrazel. <laughs> and think about it: if uh, if Damrazel's consciousness is decentralized, then the, the Prime Radiant suddenly becoming sentient makes sense. Maybe that's maybe that's the passing ghost for the Vault Harry as well. Maybe she like kind of Wi-Fi access the Vault the way she Wi-Fi access the. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the prime radiant because that whatever's in the prime radiant know of life like like events outside of the prime radiant because it it told harry to go to una's world towards kelly towards the other kelly yeah so if that is damrazel then i'm saying damrazel reached out to both vault harry and prime radiant harry to heart end to one, he gave she gave information about Hover Mellow. To other, he she said, "Hey, come find me on Una's world." Oh, here you go. I put you in a clone with, with clone body. Why? I For don't know reasons. <laughs> For reasons. 
But anyway, that's my conspiracy times over. Uh, and also uh, our regular segment, where is Becky? Is she okay? Is she all right? She's fine. She's great. Uh, she's going with Homer Mello. He better treat her right. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to know how to scare him. So that's good. That's helpful. Anything else about this episode before we wrap it up? Uh, nope. I think I'm good. Um, I will say that a lot of the people who tuned out of this show because it wasn't close enough to the books, I think they really should tune back in because it's getting closer to the point where it's getting more difficult for me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, and also, it's getting better. I don't care it is if getting it's better. close to the show yeah. or whether or not, uh, because I haven't read the show, to be fair. I'm not trying <laughs> to disregard the books. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still making a whole lot of shit up, but... I think a lot of the ideas of the show are starting to entwine with the ideas of the books. And to be fair, the best thing about season one was the shit they made up. The oh, exactly, Empire that's true. <laughs> the, the whole Empire side of the story is still fantastic. Yeah, and that's yeah. not from the books. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. I feel like season two is picking up. You see me in the uh, the f- uh, places we frequent online that I'm actually advocating pretty hard for people <laughs> to check it out or come back. When he says we, promote- he means him and you, the audience, not me. I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've you've seen me in. Uh, yes, on, I've like, seen you on like Planet Broadcasting. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even promoting the podcast. Like, I'm just like, go watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk briefly about two trailers we're excited uh, two, two trailers for two shows that we're excited about Loki and the show. We'll be right back. back to talk about some trailers let's start with loki trailers eric i am i mean it looks great um look full disclosure full full disclosure loki's probably my favorite of the marvel shows um the current ones um it's between that and wandavision but like yeah i fucking love loki and this looks a lot like more of the same even though i know that a lot of the behind the scenes stuff changed the showrunner's different um there are, there are signs that you should be a little worried at least but this looked fantastic this looks amazing and i'm very very excited. oh really uh yeah you think the signs are that i should be a little bit worried i i'm more excited because of the changes oh really yeah i i mean like because the first show wasn't perfect for me for one thing, it felt like half a show. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like for for one thing, it's like, oh, um, can we make the entire story? No, let's just make up to the half point where we introduce the multiverse because a bunch of our movies coming out now are about the multiverse. The rest will do it later. <laughs> All right. Like I do, I do agree that the ending was a bit abrupt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like. I don't know. I feel. I feel like of all the TV shows, including especially WandaVision, actually, it it stuck the landing. Like, and most Marvel shows do not stick the landing. Um, yeah. So even though it ends abruptly, I really like that last episode. That it doesn't just devolve into superheroes punchy punchy. There's a little yeah. bit of a fight between Loki and Sylvie, but it's more of an emotional uh, yeah. payoff than a yeah. physical fight. Yeah. Yeah, and that physical side fight was also good as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Jonathan Major. He's an elephant? I had no idea. 
<laughs> to the people who are like, oh, is Marvel just going to keep Jonathan Majors? This has been shot before that came out. What do you expect them to do? They can't Christopher Plummer everything. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, look, the I don't want to go into the details of the allegation itself because I don't like it. I never really like doing that. I, like, I only do that when I absolutely have to and it's intertwined to the actual show itself. Um, here, it, I don't think it made Jonathan Majors look good. I do think they, they're going to drop Jonathan Majors. But they're not going to do that till after Loki. His season two has dropped. They're they're not going to do yeah. it before then. They will already... just deflate it. Yeah. They already finished it, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, and look, when Kang Dynasty came along, come along, I think we're going to see a very different face of Kang. I really do like the other people's theories of just saying, uh, uh, just just say the um, high evolutionary was a Kang variant and just use <laughs> that actor because he's very good. He is very good. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Victor Timely, <laughs> you know, um, I wish they didn't put it at the end of whatever that movie they put it at the end of. I can't even remember. Uh, it was Quantum Mania. Oh yeah, it's Quantum Mania. Yeah, uh, because uh, that's a big reveal. Uh, v- Victor Timely is a Kang variant from the comics as well. Uh, we see what miss minute as a giant ghost uh, going on <laughs> like a rampage stomping on the world's yeah, fair in like yeah. victorian england oh no it, it was the world's fair it's yeah. the world's fair in chicago of 1896 yeah. this is pretty much confirms that because of the giant ferris wheel it's the dead giveaway um and oh, okay. I, if you've listened to this podcast long enough i've talked about it before but i'm a big like hh foams I wouldn't say fan. I'm definitely not a fan <laughs> of the guy, but I do know a lot about him and I know a lot about that World's Fair. I've read yeah. Devil in the White City and all that stuff. Um, so I'm really excited that we're going there. It's kind of like that D.B. Cooper scene from the first season where it's just yeah. like inserting itself into real world mythology and inserting Loki into the World's Fair 19 or 1896 feels basically the same thing to me. It feels exciting yeah. and cool, but it definitely looks like this is a bigger part of the show than the D.B. Cooper stuff was. That was just a one-off gag in the first season, but this looks like a big part of the action, maybe in the first episode or two is going to take place there in the World's Fair with Victor Timely um, and Ravona Wednesday is going to be there wielding some kind of fancy tech and i know that the device that victor timely shows off uh, uh there's there's a lot of theories going along that we see some version of that again in other places in the timeline so like the theory is that they're there to steal that specific technology or something along those lines which sure that's fine that's that sounds fun um yeah uh, especially because Loki seemed to be time slipping, so maybe they're trying to fix that. H.H. Uh, H. Holmes has to be Victor Timely, right? Or another Kang. Yeah, Kang. I mean, like, either either he is H.H. H. Holmes, either be, or it'll or just it'll it'll be, be a Loki. reference. It could be Loki. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, you know what uh, we don't see much in this uh, trailer, or at all, other Loki variants. Yeah, other than Sylvie, we don't we don't yeah. see other Lokis. I mean, we see some like um, projection casting or whatever they call it, but that's yeah. it. Duplication yeah. casting—that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Naruto's secret technique. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but now apparently he can control shadows. That's new. Didn't know that. 
Yeah, uh, it, this also seems like a bit of a horror tinge. I I respect that as well. It's it, does, it is coming out in October, I guess. Oh yeah, good point. Um, selfie selfie in their fast food worker uniform. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. I'm very intrigued. It sounds like Sylvie like just went back in time and just like is wallowing in defeat, and they go back and recruit her. Uh, that's my take. Yeah, I think so too. Uh-huh. I think she's just trying to live a life, and for some reason, she found the 1970s really cool. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> um, you see her like she's in, in like a record store or something, and you also see her working at McDonald's. Um, and every time you see her, it seems like she's in the 70s. Like I don't think you see her outside. Well, you see her at the TVA once or twice, but yeah, yeah. she's living in the yeah. 70s for whatever reason. Uh, it was very nice to see uh, Ki Wei Chuang again. Ki Wei Chuang! Uh, Yay! Yes. Yeah. He, they, I think uh, Mobius called him Obi. Obi, I think yeah. He's, uh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros is the rumor, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. That, Why not? That little scene. He has great comedic timing. That little, just that little clip with him in, at the beginning of the trailer is already pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yes. <laughs> Can you help it? No. No. <laughs> it's great. It feels. It feels a lot like a grown-up version of Data from Goonies, like the Inferior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be pretty fun. Um, Ooh, uh, Loki has evil eyes at some point. Loki has Wanda's Scarlet Witch eyes to be. Yeah, precise. I think I think Loki's been powered up, or Loki's been yeah. powered up. Um, because like I said, he has this weird shadow power we don't see before, we haven't seen before. Now he's like casting waves of energy at people, like big green yeah. waves. Um, yeah. so he definitely has more powers than he had before. And yeah. I don't know where that comes from, and I guess we'll find out. It looked like Loki, if the trailer is any indication, it looked like Loki and Mobius will be spending a lot of time together, maybe even the whole time, which is a great decision because their interactions were the best parts of season one. Oh, absolutely. This should be a body body capsule. <laughs> their chemistry is perfect. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I was so skeptical <laughs> of casting Owen Wilson in the MCU, but he's, I couldn't imagine anybody else in that role now. Do you think they're going to buy a Jeski? Well, we see jet skis in this trailer, yeah, I know. so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna find out why he's obsessed with jet skis. Either he was there, that was like his life before, was selling jet skis, or maybe he bought a jet ski or something. <laughs> I know some people are saying in that one shot in the trailer where we see the jet skis, where Loki like warps in, uh, they they think they see Owen Wilson in the background, but it's just a blur. It could be anybody. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else you're excited about in this uh, trailer before we move on to the other Disney property? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm glad to see uh, the one worker guy from the first season who was just kind of like a pencil pusher. He's now a hunter, apparently. Um, so that's cool. And I think he's a series regular now, which is also cool. Um, oh, nice. I don't know. I, I mean, it looks fun. It looks like things have gone a little funky like the tva itself is glitching and there's some kind of weird timeline loom thing going on i don't know there's a lot to be interested in um so i'm very excited this better be good because marvel needs yeah. a hit bad <laughs> yeah especially on the tv front yeah uh because i'm sure the marvels will be successful i hope so oh i'm not i'm not i'm not 100 on that <laughs> i see i think the marvels will be successful 
if they can market it properly. Uh, I think they should just delay it until after the strike because they, what they really need is they need the three actresses together marketing it because the new Miss Marvel is just... She's amazing. Like, yeah. Hopelessly charming. <laughs> uh, and all three of them on the press tour would drive a lot of people towards this movie, I think. And also um, one thing we're learning during the strike is that when directors get, are the only people who can talk about a show, that's bad. Like the director of The Witcher blaming real. America for all the Witcher's problems and the, the director of Secret Invasion blaming absolutely everybody under the sun and then saying he doesn't care. You, this is bad. <laughs> we yeah. don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the strike is working. <laughs> they try to show that actors provide a valuable service and also promotion. Right. And yeah, that is clearly the case because these <laughs> motherfuckers will just talk themselves out of money. <laughs> I think the, the director of Sea Innovation even said something like, it wasn't my job to give people what they want or something. And like, yeah. That is totally your job, actually. <laughs> That's what you get paid for. <laughs> well, I don't disagree with the core of his sentiment, which he said, like... Yeah, the auteur I, theory, I, sure. I'm, I'm for that, but, well, like... Not even that, he, because he said fans. Like, he's like, it's not my job to please the fans and give them what they want. And I'm like, true. But here, you're acting as if the fans wanted the Secret Invasions comic. Maybe there are people out there. But what people wanted was a good TV show. And also... They, they want what was sold to them. <laughs> yeah. Your TV show is not just being dragged on Twitter. It also had 18% of Rotten Tomato and has one of the lowest viewed finales in Marvel show history. So... You have failed on all fronts. You cannot blame the fans who want the comic. <laughs> yeah, and even even like the demonstrable real life shills, like the people who are paid to give good reviews to Marvel, like IGN, yeah. even their review. Yeah. yeah, they gave it a seven out of ten. But if you actually read the review, it is scathing. It is really, <laughs> really negative. Like the fact that it ends with a seven out of ten is a joke. <laughs> I mean, from IGN, seven out of ten is not a good score. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Um, yeah, the show's a disaster. Everybody knows it's a disaster and the director just can't accept that. Um, and well, that's on him really, not on us. Yeah. He should just like watch Pacemaker or, or Peacemaker, not Pacemaker, Peacemaker, (laughs) which is a better Aliens Among Us storyline than this was. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Uh, there was more paranoia in Peacemaker than in this. And Peacemaker was a comedy. (laughs) <laughs> you choose to show us every single person the skull the scrolls are dis- disguised us in the second episode <laughs> i mean their their biggest twist was that Rhodey was a scroll and how is that revealed just by a mirror wipe at the beginning of one of the episodes it's so anticlimactic and dumb also we always knew <laughs> yeah not a surprise they could have hidden it a lot better or they could have made that a plot point where you're like fury thinks he's a scroll because we think he's a scroll, but yeah. we don't get told that at any point. And then in the end, when it's that climax where they're going to shoot him because they think he's a scroll, if we still don't know that he's a scroll, that would have a lot more dramatic weight. That would be an exciting yeah. climax. Instead, it's just yeah. a snooze fest. Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to keep talking about Secret Invasion. <laughs> Let's talk about Ashoka. Ashoka! Have you seen Rebels? I have not. So a lot of this is kind of over my head. I mean, I kind of know who these characters are, but not really. Because I always wanted to finish Clone Wars and then watch Rebels. 
Uh, but I still haven't finished Clone Wars. I still haven't watched that last season, even though everybody tells me I've got to watch it immediately. <laughs> I finally finished Clone Wars. I have watched a lot of Rebels. I haven't finished yet, but I've watched enough to know who everybody is. And also, like, when Rebels was coming out, I was being spoiled about it. So I know how Rebels end anyway. So um, so when we discuss this show, there will be Rebel spoilers. Uh, sorry, Eric. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've already had a lot of it spoiled for me because uh, my brother, yeah. who's even bigger into Star Wars than I am, he's pretty much told me the entire plot. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, this is essentially just Rebel Season 5. <laughs> Which is what it looks like. Um, and yeah. um, as exciting as that is, um, and as exciting as I'm sure that makes a lot of Star Wars fans, me, having not seen Rebels, kind of sees it from that other perspective of people who you want to draw into a show like this. If yeah. they haven't seen Rebels, they're going to be turned off by this. Because this trailer makes it abundantly clear this is just Rebels, the live-action version. Oh, really? And so you're not as intrigued? I am intrigued by other things in this trailer. I'm intrigued by yeah. Ahsoka herself. I'm intrigued by the whole Thrawn thing. The name-dropping heir to the Empire. Like, literally name-dropping it. Yep. <laughs> Stuff like that. And Ray Stevenson is awesome. He looks great. I'm really excited to see him in the show. And I'm really, really sad that he's no longer with us. Because that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the first two you mentioned, that's the Rebels part. Like, the, yeah, I know Ahsoka the two... is from Rebels, but Thrawn predates Rebels. Thrawn, I mean, yeah, Thrawn was... Is Thrawn in Rebels? Yes. Okay. Thrawn, Thrawn doesn't predate Rebels in the current continu- continuity. Thrawn yeah, yeah, is... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me about canon. <laughs> I know Thrawn exists, but like, this... Thrawn was only shown in Rebels, unless you count books. Right. Like, and I mean, like, current books, not Edge of the Empire, the <laughs> old Legend books. Which like, is obviously not canon for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yes. Rebel introduced Thrawn into the modern Disney um, continuity. Um, and um, the two Jedis we see are not from the Rebels. I mean, they're not Jedi. They make it, they're they definitely make it not Jedi. Right. Yeah. None of this Jedi um, nonsense. But that guy definitely was a Jedi because he, at one point, I don't know if in the trailer you saw or in the previous trailer, he said, Anakin told me a lot about you or something like that. Yeah, like, Anakin you're even spoke better. highly of you, yeah. Yes. That's or like, you're even better than what Anakin said. Is that, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, it was almost a cliche Star Wars line, like Yoda yeah. has taught you well kind of line. But yes. I mean, it's Star Wars. It, it echoes. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> like a poem. Uh, yeah, it is unfortunate that Tron, Thrawn does look a little bit like Elon Musk, but that is the voice actor who played Thrawn in Rebels. Oh, okay. And that's what he looks that. like. <laughs> Maybe it's like we'll see more of him and it, it'll pass. But just that there's one shot of his face in this trailer and he just looks like Elon Musk, blue Elon Musk. <laughs> He's um he's Thingy's brother, the guy who played Kaelin also Kaelin Kaelin Arthur and um, Hannibal in the TV show. What's oh, he's uh, he's Mads Mikkelsen's brother. Yeah, he's 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 Lars Mikkelsen's, I believe. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Mon Mothma's in it. <laughs> yeah, we see Mon Mothma as a hologram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wrote, please let them be not Sith or Jedi's for fuck's sake. And I think <laughs> I'm going to get my wish because I'm all really ready to move past the Jedi's versus Sith 
uh, like just show me more force uses, like bring back the witches of Dothamia. Uh, give me gray Jedi. Don't call them gray Jedi because that's a stupid name. That is a stupid but- name. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, they're they're still coded like Sith. I mean, they're still wearing the same kind of dark robes. And they're still wielding red lightsabers. But I, I, I don't no, they, think they're Sith. They have orange lightsabers. They have orange lightsabers. Like, it's been Okay. Red- <laughs> it's, it's been, like, uh, shown. They definitely do not have red lightsabers. Uh, orange or yellow. I think they said orange. Uh, well, that just so, makes yeah. it they're slightly not Sith, but only slightly. Like, well, I mean, Ray had a orange slash yellow lightsaber at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> Who cares about Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> uh, I don't, but, we don't need to bring in that. <laughs> but for the people who are uh, Rebels fan, it the big exciting thing is it seems like Ahsoka has trained Sabine Red in the Jedi arts in between. Yeah, because um, Sabine calls her Rebels. Is, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, in Rebels, Sabine was the person who actually got the Darksaber. And she was trained, she was already trained in lightsaber fighting with the Darksaber because they thought she was going to keep it. She's the one who gave the Darksaber to Bo Katan. That's why all the bullshit in Mandalorian never ever fucking makes sense because Bo Katan was given the Yeah, she didn't win it in a duel. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking Elder Wand or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that part is exciting. And of course, the big one is where the fuck is Ezra Bridger? Which is what it seems like they're looking for Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. And big uh, Rebel spoilers. The, at the end of Rebels, it ends with Ezra Bridger um, using the Force to make hyperspace whales grab Thrawn and him in Thrawn's uh, flagship into hyperspace, into unknown space unknown space right, right that's the reason thrawn was removed from the board by the time a new hope came around and like that's that's why the rebels even won at all because thrawn the military genius was f- fucked off to spaces unknown by ezra bridger and clearly they're on a dual mission to find both thrawn and ezra yeah and you even see like this mural of ezra like like a drawing of ezra that looks just like the the TV show, which is I thought was a cute little nod. Well, that that mural itself was at the end of the uh, revel. The final oh, scene it? of Re- yeah, the scene where uh, the scene where Ahsoka showed up in those robes um, to Sabine, who's touching the mural. That yeah. is a live action d- remake of the final scenes of Revel. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very it's very exciting for people who like Rebels. And of course, Chopper, if you haven't if you haven't watched Rebels and you haven't met this bloodthirsty little uh, dry Chopper, he's I cannot wait to um, see him commit war crimes in live action because he did that several times in the Rebel show. One time he just flushed a whole bat- battalion of stormtroopers out the airlock. <laughs> And it's really funny because if you watch the extra interview material for that episode, the um, the interviewer is like, so um, are <laughs> Stormtroopers' uh, suits air- airtight? 
Like, <laughs> can they survive in space? And he's like, yeah, but they don't have a lot of air supplies. Those guys are dead. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, Anything else jump out at you from this trailer? No, I mean, and, but even as somebody who hasn't seen Rebels, it looks really cool. It looks very exciting. Um, I will get to it. And I will probably watch this before I even bother with Mandalorian Season 3 because I still don't watch Mandalorian Season 3. I don't uh, seem to care very much. Like, it just doesn't seem like a high priority. You don't need to. You don't need <laughs> to. The one thing I will say, though, that it, I think it is going to happen and that will annoy me is that um, the, my favorite thing about Ahsoka is she is not a Jedi, but they are clearly making her want to be a Jedi or like is a Jedi now again. Like through, throughout Rebels, she's not a Jedi. Like she quit the order, you know? Right. She disillusioned with them just because they all dead now doesn't mean she thinks suddenly their philosophy is better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like the Ahsoka we saw in... Um... I guess it was Mandalorian, Mandalorian season yeah. two. Like she didn't seem like she was like a firm believer she, in the Jedi code. She literally said, I am a Jedi. Did she really? I don't remember, but yeah. I believe you. Which is a direct callback from her line from Rebels where she said, I am no Jedi, which is also being directly called back in this trailer when Ray Stevens' character said, I am no Jedi. Right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get any of that context. So thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, so we're both excited for these trailers, and I think we're gonna wrap it up here because it is like one in the morning, and I need. Yeah, to go you to gotta sleep. get some sleep. <laughs> so until next time, this has been the Streaming Heap, and I've been Lynn, and I've been Eric, and respect and enjoy the peace. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, I'm. I don't know. I, I I think if they are now, I'm not going to talk. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was getting real close to book spoilers. I had to, well, I had to step back. This is great podcast material. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll edit most of this out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. Help is on the way. Fuck those flags.